0: We're continuing this morning in Genesis chapter 4 as we look at the story of Cain and Abel. Uh, they could have used a little input from their dad. Uh, it is Father's Day. We're celebrating our our fathers this morning. We celebrate the impact that our fathers have, have had on our lives. I was blessed with a, a dad who, who showed up. He was there for my ball games. He was there for my piano recitals. I don't know which one of those was more painful. But anyway, he was there cheering me on. He was there for birthdays, holidays, watching football on Sunday afternoon. Actually, he didn't watch much of it. He would turn it on and then he'd fall asleep in his his easy chair. and Only wake up if I ever tried to change the channel. And he would ask, where'd the ball game go? (laughs) He was a whiz at mechanical things, especially... Fixing cars. I was a whiz at watching him fix mechanical things and handing him the wrong tool when he was fixing cars. No, I needed the flyers, not the crescent rich. Most importantly, my dad gave me an example of what it means to be a Christian man. He didn't just make sure that I was in church, he went with me to church. And even when I stood up in the pew and led the music with the minister of music there in front of the church, I think that's why we started sitting in the balcony. I'm not sure. but Even when I did stuff like that, my, my dad was there showing me how to worship the Lord, how to study God's Word, how to live a godly life. Cain and Abel could have used a little of that from Adam. Actually, we're not told where Adam or Eve, for that matter, was uh, during Genesis chapter Four, uh, Cain and Abel have grown into adulthood. At least they're adult enough to be watching over the flocks and tending to the crops and, and then old enough to bring a, a, a sacrifice uh, in for worship. As we've seen reading through this story, Cain makes some really poor choices, which lead to a family disaster before it's all said and done. We can learn something. From Cain's story. If nothing else. We can learn what not to do. We need to understand. That the choices we make in life. Don't just impact us. Our choices. Impact the people. Around us. One thing this. Story teaches us is that somebody, somebody needs to step in and break the cycle of poor choices. Cain's poor choices obviously impact his brother Abel in, in a horrific way. Uh, we've been reading over the story the last couple of weeks, Adam and Eve's sons, Cain and Abel, brought their offerings to the Lord. Abel, a shepherd, brings the very best of his flock to give to the Lord, to thank the Lord for the blessings that God had given to him. Cain just brings his leftovers. He's just fulfilling an obligation, getting it out of the way so he can go on with the rest of his day. No surprise, the Lord looks with favor on Abel's offering, but not on Cain's. Now, it had nothing to do with the offering itself. The, the truth is, God didn't need any sheep. He didn't need any grain. What He desired was for Cain and Abel to truly worship Him. One of the boys came to do that, but Cain did not. And he gets upset when God seems to favor Abel over him And actually, nothing could be further from the truth. God loved both of them. He did not look on disfavor on Cain's offering because he didn't love Cain. He wanted Cain to understand how significant worship is in our life. He didn't want Cain to just go through the motions. He wanted him to realize how important it was for Cain to recognize the Lord's presence. But Cain didn't see it that way. Like so often happens when we start to depart from God's plan in one area of our life, it just leads to one disaster after another. And that's what happens in Cain's life. We pick up the story in verse 8 here in Genesis chapter 4. There the Bible says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel, and killed him. What happened? How did this get to this point? How do we go from Cain and Abel going to church to Cain taking the life of his brother? Where did that jump come from? Well, we saw last week God warned Cain about this very thing. He warned him about the direction that he was choosing. We read verse 7 last week where the Bible says, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Turns out God actually knows what he's talking about. Instead of listening to the Lord, Cain Opens the door. He lets the lion in. Invites Abel, his brother, out into the field where Cain takes his brother's life. So where exactly did Cain get that idea? I mean, it's not like they had television shows or, you know, books or stories about people running around murdering each other. We don't don't know for sure at this time. Adam and Eve may have had other children. They probably did. But as far as we know, there's four feet people in the world right now. (laughs) Where in the world does Cain get the idea, well, I'll just go out and kill my brother? How does he go from mad at my sibling to axe murderer? Well, as we know from the story, He wasn't the first to open this door. Mom and dad, Adam and Eve, had left that gate unlocked. Their disobedience in the garden leads a pathway straight to the murder of one brother by another. Now obviously Cain was guilty for his own Actions, But it's important for us to understand how Genesis chapter 3 leads straight to Genesis chapter 4. I read a lot of mystery novels growing up. My dad and my mom both bought me a lot of books they wanted me to read. And I enjoyed uh, reading mystery books. I, I read every Hardy, book, Hardy Boys uh, book that I could get my hands on. And when I finished all the Hardy Boys books, I even settled for reading my sister's Nancy Drews. I thought it was fun trying to solve the mystery, trying to figure out who's at fault, who did this, who done it. And I tried to figure out the answer before the the Hardy Boys and before Nancy Drew could. And I was always wrong. I always tagged the obvious guy as the culprit. I, I should have learned that in all of those books, it's never the obvious guy. It's always the person that you would least expect Now, I'll give you a hint. If you're watching a television show, a mystery, and you're trying to figure out who did it, it's almost always the most famous actor who's starring in the show that week. Because they wouldn't pay him all that money just to be a side story. He's got to be involved somehow. Only life was that easy. Well, actually, it is. When we depart... From God's word. We open the door. To sin that is crouching right there. Just waiting for a crack to get in. That's why it is so essential for parents. To teach their children the things of God. Because recognizing when we have gotten off the path. Is the first step to closing that door and avoiding the disasters down the road. And, and that's one reason we spend a day giving thanks for our mothers on Mother's Day and now today giving thanks for our godly fathers on Father's Day. You are essential to us. You can step into our lives. When when you see that we're starting to get off the path, when when you can see that we're starting to open that door, you can step in and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, Let's think about this for a minute. You can give us that example where we can both hear the Word of God as you bring us to worship, as you make sure that we're studying God's Word, as you make sure that we're part of a Bible study. We can learn about God's Word, but you can also give us an example of how to live out God's Word. You can show us how it works in the real world as we watch you living for the Lord. You can be the one who steps in and breaks that cycle of poor choices. Though we may not act like it all the time, we are grateful. I know sometimes when my dad and my mom would step in and kind of lay down the law and say, no, we're we're not going to do that. (laughs) That's not the way we act. (laughs) That's not who we are. I know probably sometimes I, I did not respond thankfully to those words, <laughs> but I am grateful. Because they stepped in there when, when they saw that I was opening the door, when they saw that I was letting the wolf in. They didn't want that for me. They, they didn't step into those situations because they didn't love me. They stepped into those situations because they did love me. Because they didn't want the disasters that they knew would follow if I kept going down that path. So they were willing to step in and say, Now, (laughs) go to your room and think about this for a little bit. We're not going to act like that. I'm grateful that they were willing to step in and break the cycle of poor choices. Because our choices affect more than just us. You know, sometimes we think, well, why should anybody care how I act? Free country, I'd be able to do whatever I want to do. Well, what you do impacts a lot of other people. We need to understand that. Now, it's pretty obvious in this particular story. Cain's poor choices affected more than just him. Pretty significant impact on his brother Abel's life. That's kind of obvious. But there's more to it than that. Because remember, this line of choices goes all the way back to Abel and Cain coming to worship. And it also goes all the way back to Adam and Eve deciding it would be a good idea to have a conversation with a snake in the middle of the garden. But as obvious as it is that that Cain's choices horrifically impact his brother Abel, Cain still doesn't get it yet. Next verse, verse 9, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? God confronts Cain, and, and gives him an extraordinary opportunity. I mean, here, Cain has murdered his brother. And yet God in his love, God in his mercy, God in his grace, gives Cain an opportunity to find forgiveness through confessing his sin. God already knew where Abel was. He already knew what had happened. He knew exactly where Abel was. He knew exactly what Cain had done. But even now, he gives Cain an opportunity to break the cycle. But Cain doesn't. Instead of falling before the Lord and confessing what he had done, something that God already knew anyway, instead he asks a question. That in essence is an accusation that God doesn't know what he's talking about. Am I my brother's keeper? Basically he's saying God's none of your business where Abel is. There's none of your business asking me about it. I don't need to keep up with him. Why are you asking me? That's how sin works in our life. It grows like a vine entangling everything in its path. And Cain by now was completely ensnared. His question though is an important one. One that all of us need to answer. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I really responsible for somebody else? Well, Jesus answered that question in a very familiar parable. We call it the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know the story that Jesus told. Man's robbed, beaten, left for dead by the side of the road. And three guys happened by that day. But he doesn't have time to stop and help, so he scurries by on the other side of the road. A Levite then also comes by but does the same things. Too busy to stop and help. Got too many things going on that day. Too important for him to get to the temple on time. So he passes by on the other side of the road leaves the man laying there. Only a lowly Samaritan, one of the the least likely, at least people would think, to, to stop and help. The Samaritan stops. He helps the man. And then he goes above and beyond. He puts him up in an inn and he pays for the man to be cared for until he's well. And then Jesus asked the same question that God asked of Cain, but he asks it in reverse. In Luke chapter 10, verse 36, he he asked the people that he's just told this story to, which one of these three, these three guys, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? It's, It's the same question. Are we our brother's keeper? Does it really matter what we do to other people? Does it really matter whether we stop and render aid? Does it really matter whether we hurt somebody along the way? Are we our brother's keeper? Now Cain tried to deny it. But the truth was obvious. Not only was he his brother's keeper. He was now responsible for taking his brother's life. Today, Father's Day, we celebrate those godly men who stood up and took responsibility. We celebrate those dads who showed up. Who were there when we needed them and were there even when we didn't think we needed them. Who made it their job to raise us, to provide for us, to teach us the things of God. These godly men took those squidly little poop producers home and helped them become the man or woman of God that God intended them to be. Now maybe you had a father like that. I was blessed to have one. Maybe you didn't. Maybe your dad showed up. Maybe your father wasn't in your life at all. But whatever your experience may have been growing up, this morning you can know you have a perfect heavenly father. He always shows up. He never leaves us. Nor forsakes us, even if your earthly father was not all that maybe he should have been. Your heavenly father always is. Points out the same thing to us that he pointed out to Cain that day in the field, the same thing that Jesus taught in the parable. We are our brother's keeper. We are responsible. Our choices do impact those around us. And we can choose to be the priest or choose to be the Levite. And just deny that these are my responsibility. Or we can be the Samaritan who recognizes. Yeah, I am my brother's keeper. Whatever we do. We need to realize that the choices that we make affect more than just us. We live in a culture that is so me-centered. Everything is about me. Everything is about what I want. Everything is about allowing me to do what I want to do, whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it. We need to understand the choices that we make for ourselves impact the people around us. And we're responsible for that. So choose wise. Keep the door closed. We talked about that last week. Don't even open it a crack. Don't check to see. Don't let the squirrels come running in. You'll remember that story from last week. Don't open the door. And how do you know which is the right door to leave closed? You got the instructions right here. God's Word tells us clearly These are the things that will be good for you. These are the things that will help you to grow. These are the things that will bless you. These are the things that will bring you closer to Me. These are the things that will make you the man or woman of God that that I have created you to be. And, And these are the things that will harm you, These are the things that will hurt not only you. They will hurt the people you love. They will hurt the people around you. God doesn't tell us those things because He doesn't love us. He tells us those things because He does love us. Because He is our perfect Father. Choose wisely. As we know, none of us is perfect. There'll be those times when we make the wrong choice. And God gives us the same opportunity that he gave to Cain. He allows us to come and confess our sin to him. Now he already knows. He already knows exactly what we did. But he allows us to come to him. Not for, for his benefit, but for ours. So that we can find his forgiveness. So that he can cleanse us. So he can take that bad choice and make it right. So that he can open opportunities for us to be the one who is the neighbor. Make the wise choice. Heavenly Father, Today, as we celebrate our fathers, and and we do give you thanks for those godly men who stepped up, who showed up, who gave us examples of living for you. As, As we celebrate them today, Lord, most significantly we celebrate you, for you are the perfect heavenly father. In every way, you are here for us. In every way, you provide for us. In every way, you bless us. And we give you praise. And God, we live in a culture that would teach us to just do whatever we want to do, to just follow our own whim, our own desire. But Lord, you know better. You know that some of our desires will hurt us. They'll make us less than you created us to be. And that's not what you want for us. You want the very best for us. So help us recognize that that wise choices are for our benefit, but not only for ours. Heavenly Father, as we choose to follow your word, that will impact those around us in a positive way. Whereas when we choose to defy your word, that will lead to disastrous consequences, not only for our life, but for the lives of the people that we love. So help us, Heavenly Father, to look to you, to find in you the forgiveness that we need, the cleansing that we need, and the guidance to be the people that you have created us to be. We thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. It's an opportunity. For you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Uh, maybe you're here today and for the first time you've recognized there's something missing in your life. You, you you know that God is there. Maybe you know some of the Bible stories. Maybe you know this story about Cain and Abel. It's a pretty common one, pretty pretty well-known one. But, but you've never realized that the stories that are in the Bible actually impact you. And, and, and as you've been thinking through that, you've been thinking, well, maybe there's more to this God thing... Than I initially realized. You mean there's a God. Who cares about me. You mean there's a God. Who wants to forgive me. You mean there's a God. Who would give me an opportunity. To be the person that he's created me to be. That's what I need in my life. How do I find out more about that. Well we, we want to help you this morning. Because. The incredible thing is God's made the way for you to have a personal relationship with Him. Now, this 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 is it'll blow your mind when you really think about it, and it is it's amazing, it's incredible what God has done. He has given us the opportunity to be His children, His children, and you may say, well, "That's what I want." How do I do that? Well, here's what He's done. God knew that we couldn't do that on our own. We can't work our way to God. We we fall far, far short. And so God came to us. That's, That's who Jesus is, who the Bible says. Jesus is God Himself. Come into our world to live a perfect life. And then even though He didn't deserve to die, He didn't owe any debt for His own sin because He had none, He gave His life willingly on the cross so that we could be made right with God. That's what the cross is all about. And then three days later, he proved it by rising from the grave. And that means he's alive right now this morning to give you everlasting life. If only by faith, you will entrust your life into his hands. And we'd like to help you know what that's all about. So here in just a moment, we're going to stand and sing. I'm going to be standing here at the front of the auditorium. And I invite you to come. I would love to share with you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Maybe there's some other way that God is leading you. Maybe you're looking for a church home. We'd be glad to share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. Uh, Maybe there's some other decision that God has laid on your heart. Uh, Maybe you just have a prayer need, something that you would really uh, like for some fellow Christians to be praying with you about. Uh there's a way for you to share that with us. Now now I understand that we're you know we're kinda the pandemic's still here, the virus is still out there, so some folks are still squeamish about the face to face thing. if if that's you, that's still okay. That's still all right. Uh we have another way for you to respond This morning, uh, there in the pew racks before you, there's a, a card that says connection card. If you'll just take that and, and write your name on the card and give us a way to contact you, your your mailing address or your phone number or email address, whatever you feel comfortable uh, doing. And then indicate what your decision is. Just say, I want to know more about how to accept Jesus, or I want to know more about being a part of National Heights, or uh, I have a prayer request that I need to share with you. On the, on the back side of that card, there's a place where you can write down your, your prayer request. And then you can drop that in one of the baskets as you leave this morning, and we'll be praying for you. We'll be in contact with you just as soon as possible this week. If you're watching us online, you can do the very same thing. We have a digital version of that same connection cards on our website. Uh, our website is nationalheights.org, and then the link is hello. You'll see that link. If you're watching us on Facebook, it's right there in the Facebook feed. Uh, If you're watching us on our website, that link is just below where you'll see the video. Just follow that link, and again, you can give us some some ways to contact you, whatever you prefer. Indicate your decision or your prayer, and, and we'll be in contact with you just as soon as possible. But whatever way God is leading you this morning, we invite you to follow His call in your life today. As we stand together and as we sing.